asked me, she said, Pastor Jason, is there really scripture that says that we shouldn't drink or is that just your personal preference? That's an honest question and it deserved an honest answer. And I knew what I was convicted of. I knew what the scripture says, but I wanted to give her something concrete that she could stand on. And if you look at this word sober in 1 Peter 5, 8, it's the Greek word nepho. If you look at the definition, it literally means to abstain from alcohol. Literally, to abstain from alcohol. Why is that important? We're going to get into that here in just a moment. But Peter instructs us to be sober. To be sober. If there is an instruction to be sober, then there is a temptation to be drunken. And I want to let you know this morning that I believe that there's some folks in here that have come to church drunk. Not maybe with alcohol, but there's other mixed drinks that Satan has that you've come in here and you're drunk, and whether you realize it or not, you've lost the ability to think clearly. You've lost the ability to maintain your balance. You've lost the ability to recall things that usually should come to you easily in your memory. And you've lost your good judgment because you've come in drunk on one of Satan's mixed drinks. He instructs us to be sober. And I realize that many here this morning, and I know it's earlier in the morning, some folks maybe didn't drink this morning. I pray that that's the case. But you may have come in here drunk on fear. See, Satan's got many things that he wants to make you drunk on in his arsenal. We learned this through COVID. We wake up one day and our world's different. And I don't know how it was at your house, but we were scared and we thought everybody was going to die. We had boxes from the grocery store that we were taking Clorox wipes and we were wiping boxes down because everybody was in fear that we're going to die. But you know what? Some of that fear has not gone away. And now we come in here into God's house and we're fearful that we're going to die. There's some that are scared to live. There's some that are scared to succeed. There are some that are scared to take a step. There's some of you this morning that are sitting here that God has given you the most amazing ability and talents to do something for God, but you are so scared within yourself that you are drunk on that fear and you cannot take that first step to step out in faith and do something for God because we come in here and we are drunk on fear. We're fearful of our futures. We're fearful of our families. We're fearful of our jobs and our finances. And we come in here and we, whether we realize it or not, whether or not we want to admit it, we are drunk on fear. And, the, and Satan just keeps sliding that drink across the table and we're drinking that fear every day. You know that Satan gets us to a place that we can't even enjoy the good days that God gives us because we are so fearful of the things that are going on around us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. But it seems in our day, especially post-COVID, that we have so much fear and we have so much anxiety that creeps up in us. And I don't know where it comes from. I believe it's probably straight from the devil. But he slides that mixed drink of fear across the table to us. And we've come into God's house this morning where we should be joyful and triumphant in the good things that God has for us. And in the person that he is, that we can't control the circumstances of life. But we are so drunk on fear that we, we're losing our ability to perform and do what God has called us to do. And we're fearful. I pray that God would help us today that we would not be drunk because the instruction has been given, be sober. Not think about being sober, not trying to be sober, but to be sober. We've come in here, we've been drunk on our fear. I see that there's some in here that's drunk on desire. We have a legitimate desire in our lives to have a relationship with somebody else. We have a legitimate desire to have a house, to have a car, to have a job. But did you know that we can get so drunk on desire that we are just itching to do something and itching to have something that we will force our way into something? And we get drunk on that desire and every waking minute of the day we're thinking about that one thing that we need, that, that one thing that we think within our minds, if I have that one thing, it's going to make us happy. And when we obtain those things, we realize that that one thing that promised so much, it just delivered so little. But we're drunk on desire. 
I heard Kenny Baldwin say several years ago, it'd be better to go through life wanting something that you never had than having something that you never wanted. And isn't it the case that we go through life and we are so drunk on that desire that it seems that we'll settle for anything and Satan just continues to slide that drink across the table and we drink that desire up and it may be for a relationship, it may be out of the lust of our own heart that we pursue these things in life and we force ourselves into things that we have no business being a part of. We get drunk on that desire in our life. Some are drunk here this morning on success. And God has allowed you to have a good job. God's allowed you to buy a nice home, to drive a nice car, to have money in the bank. And if we don't watch it, we'll take that drink of success and we'll think that we're entitled to all of these things, that we deserve these things, that look what we've done, look at the place that we've got to, look at the plateau that we've arrived at, and we get drunk on this success. And I think of the words out of the book of Revelation chapter 3. It says this, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, we become numb to the things of God because we have so many material things. Who needs the Lord at the end of the day when I have all that my heart could desire? There's a danger in that and he continues to slide that mixed drink of success and wealth across the table to us. Are we not susceptible to that in our country? Everything that we want is delivered. It's delivered overnight. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I ordered something from Amazon the other day, a part for my car. It said delivery between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. And I thought, there is no way that that is right. At 4 o'clock in the morning, my dog barked. I looked outside, there's a car sitting in my driveway. And I thought, who in their right mind would deliver something in the middle of the night to homes in Appalachia? That is not smart. But we put more faith and trust in Amazon. We can order it today. It'll be there this afternoon. It's crazy. We have everything at our fingertips. Everything. We think we're entitled to all these things and we get drunk with this success that we have, this wealth that we have. It's bigger, it's better, it's faster, it's more. The phone that you have today will be outdated next week. They'll update the software, they'll have a new version. They'll have a new version of Jordan's, they'll have a new version of the car. The car that you drive today, the 2023, it's going to be outdated soon. The 2024s are coming out and you're going to be behind. And it's always chasing this endless, endless cycle. Some of us are drunk on leisure this morning. We live and we endure our jobs so that we can get to the weekend so that we can have our time, right? We work 40 hours a week, maybe more, and we give that, that's the boss's time. But then it's my time on the weekends. And if we don't watch it, we'll get drunk on that leisure. And hey, I'm all about playing some golf. I'm not really good at it, but I love playing golf. I love going fishing. I love vacations. I love all that. But if we don't watch it, our life will be consumed with those things until it gets to a point where church is just an option anymore because we're going to the beach and we're going to the lake and we're going here and we're going there. And we will forget the good things of God because we've taken that drink that Satan slid across the table and we just live to have leisure. That's all we live for. We just want to make it big. We want to make hundreds of thousands of dollars doing absolutely nothing so that we can just spend our time doing whatever we want to do. We get drunk on the leisure that's going on because it's a mixed drink from Satan's barroom. There's some that are drunk on pleasure this morning. Our, our mantra as a society is this, if it feels good, do it, right? Is that not what our society tells us to do? Yeah. If it feels good, just do it. If you want it, go get it. If you want to put it in your body, put it in your body. It's okay. You know, used to you'd have to work to get into filth and foolishness. But anymore, you're one or two clicks away on your phone or your computer. And I want to remind you this morning that if you are not actively fighting against lust in your life, you will be a victim to that. 
I told my wife the other day, I can't even check my email anymore without having sometimes to slide the screen on my computer over because the advertisements are awful and I don't know how to get rid of them. I was legitimately watching a video the other day of a man making a table. I was watching some woodworking things. Those things fascinate me. And the next video that came up was filth. If you're not actively fighting and and controlling those things and putting boundaries in your life that I cannot go there, I don't want to get drunk on that lust, I don't want those things to creep into my life, you are becoming a victim to what our society is pushing across the table and you will take a drink from Satan's barroom. You'll be drunk on the lust of your heart. There's people in here this morning that you don't need to be talking to those people at your work. You don't need to be talking to that lady. Lady, you don't need to be talking to that man. There are people that are in here this morning that you are becoming drunk on the lust and desire of your heart. And if you don't watch it, your mind is going to be affected by the the mixed drink that Satan's sliding across the table. And I want to remind you this morning that all of our sin is conceived in our mind long before our body ever sins. The work is done up here. Why is Satan trying to make us drunk? Because he wants to cloud our judgment. He wants to erase our memory. He wants to knock us off balance. Even the Institute of Alcohol uh, says that if you partake of alcohol, the likelihood of losing your judgment and something bad happening is greatly increased. Do you not think that Satan knows that? you not think that Satan is wanting to give us some sort of mixed drink that he slides across the table and whatever concoction it needs to be, maybe just a little bit of lust, maybe a little bit of desire, maybe a little bit of wealth and success, and he'll mix that up. And if that doesn't work, he'll just mix another one up. He is relentless in his pursuit of you that he will slide these things across the table so that he can affect the way that your mind thinks about something. See, if he can get inside of your heart and mind and make you question how you perceive something, then his work is being done. See, we're living in a day that the world tells us what's good and what's bad. And I pray that this morning that we would realize some of us have come into God's house drunk. Maybe not on alcohol. Maybe not on drugs. But I promise you there's some sitting here this morning that you're chasing after pleasure just as hard and fast as you can chase it. You're chasing after success. You think if you can just get that job, if you can just get that car, if you can just buy a house, if you can just get in a relationship. And I want to let you know this morning that you can take all those things and still be dissatisfied. I pray that we'd realize this morning that there is a command to be sober. Be sober. Abstain from these things. Have clear thinking in your mind. But not only that, he says to be vigilant. This word vigilant means to give strict attention to. So if there is a command to be sober, then there's a temptation to be drunk. If there is a command to be vigilant, to give strict attention to, then the temptation for us is to be distracted. You think we live in a distracted day? I promise you that you have a distraction in your pocket, right? And it steals from us every day. It steals our time. You may not be looking at anything sinful, but I promise you, you've lost time this week on your phone. You ever seen somebody that's distracted driving and they're looking at their phone? There's some people that can't drive under their own right mind and then they put a cell phone in their hand and it's just not a good situation after that. It's scary. I wish I had a loudspeaker on the car that you could just like talk to the people next to you and be like, come on, man, you're going to kill us. Put your phone up. We're so distracted. So here's the temptation. If he can't get you drunk, then he'll just distract you. So what's, what is he going to distract you with? The same thing as he wants to make you drunk with. If he can't make you drunk on success, then he wants to distract you with success. If he can't make you drunk on lust, then he wants to distract you with your lust. If he can't make you drunk on pleasure, then he wants to distract you with pleasure. See, all of these things in his arsenal, he's got a game plan. And it's not to come have coffee with you. It's not to have a meal with you. It's not to just kick back and relax. He is coming to devour you. 
and he is going to alter your mind. And if he can't alter your mind, then he's going to distract you so that he can creep in. And he's not coming just to say, hey, he's coming to kill you. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to remind you this morning that Satan has no, no good things in mind for you. He has no benefits in mind for you. He's coming to destroy you. And he gives the command that we would be vigilant to watch. This word is used 23 times in the New Testament. It's the same word that Jesus used when he said to the disciples as he prayed in the garden, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think of these words in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give them more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Several weeks ago, we found ourselves in Cuba, New Mexico, and we stayed at the Circle A Ranch. It's a 300-acre ranch that backed up to 1.2 million acres of forest land behind the ranch. It was an awesome place. We went hiking one day, and we found elk prints and deer prints, and before long, we found mountain lion prints. I mean, as big as my fist, mountain lion prints everywhere. You think we just walked through the woods without a care in the world, knowing that there was a mountain lion somewhere out there? You don't think that as we're walking through the woods, it's like, all right, everybody stay together. Because if we're going to die, we're all going to die together, right? So we have to stay together. And we're watching. And I promise you, as I walk through the woods, I'm scanning ahead, and then I'm looking behind. Because as best as I know, if you're going to get attacked by a mountain lion, you know where it's going to come from? From behind you. You're never going to see him coming. If I'm going to give diligent heed, if I'm going to pay attention to my surroundings, knowing that there's a mountain lion somewhere in the area, and it's bigger, and it's faster, and it's stronger than me, how much more attention should we give knowing that Satan as a roaring lion is walking around knowing that he wants to devour me? You guys pay attention to your bank accounts? I do. I want to make sure that nobody has hacked my bank account. Because I work hard for what I've got, and I don't want to lose anything. If I give earnest heed, if I give diligence and strict attention to my bank account, why do I not do that with my walk with God? If I give strict attention to my home and want to make sure that there's no leaks anywhere, that the water pipes are doing what they're supposed to, and the gutters are doing what they're supposed to, why do I not pay attention to my Christian walk, knowing that there is an adversary that is seeking to destroy me? Why would I give more diligence to worldly things than to my spiritual things? He says to be sober, have a right mind. Do not let your judgment be clouded. Do not let your balance be clouded. Do not let your memory be clouded. And he says to give diligence, make earnest heed to make sure that you pay attention to the things that are around you. I just want to ask you, are you, are you vigilant with what goes on in your own home? I mean, seriously, when was the last time that you took your kid's cell phone or their tablet and you just looked at it? I don't want to pry into their privacy. You better pry into their privacy because there is no telling what is on that phone. There is no telling what is on that tablet. Because I can promise you as a 38-year-old man, if I'm actively having to move pages over and click out of of websites and videos that I'm not looking for, your kids are prey. I promise you they are. Do you know what's on your TV? Do you know what's on your tablet? I pray that we give diligent heed to the things that we allow into our homes. Because we're getting ready to see how Satan works. He's subtle. He's not going to come knocking on your door with a pitchfork and a pointed tail and say, hey, I'm, I'm Satan, I'm here to wreck your home. He's going to come in subtly. And if we're not watching, he'll just sneak in. We won't even be paying attention. Because if we're not drunk, he'll, he'll work to distract us. We better give diligence and we better be vigilant to the things that are going on around us. Then it says, "Whom resist, uh, be vigilant uh, because your adversary the devil. We have a named enemy. 
I want to remind you this morning that your enemy is not sitting in the pew next to you. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not the pastor. It's not the deacons. It's not your cousins, your neighbors. It's not a church down the road. Your enemy is not a person that you're going to look across and see in this room today. I pray that we realize we're all on the same team and Satan would love for us just to fight amongst ourselves. But our adversary is the devil. It's not my family. It's not my wife. It's not my kids. Satan may work in those areas, but my enemy is not them. My adversary is the devil. And I want us to realize this morning that a kingdom divided against itself is what Jesus said cannot stand. And Pastor Keith has reminded us the danger not necessarily is what's outside the walls. It's what's within the walls. Because Satan would love to just stir up some stuff in here so that we're shooting shots at each other instead of pulling on the same team. I want to remind you this morning, you're not my enemy. The church down the road is not my enemy. My enemy is Satan himself, and he will seek to work in every avenue that he can. We have a declared enemy, and it is Satan. Let's not fight amongst ourselves. Life's too short for all that. But let's look at Satan's goal this morning. Be sober. Don't be drunk. Be, be vigilant. Don't be distracted. Because your adversary, the devil, we have a named enemy. As a roaring lion walketh about. Now we fool ourselves sometimes to, to think that we're going to go through life and we're just going to kind of be in a holding pattern spiritually. I mean, I'll read my Bible occasionally. I go to church occasionally. Everything's going to be okay. I'll just kind of stay in this one little spot and we'll be okay. The problem with that is, is that as soon as we stop progressing towards the Lord, that drift towards the worldly things automatically pulls us back to where we started at. And we think, well, I'll just stay right here. But here's the problem. The devil's always on the move. He is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And if he can't get you today, you can throw a little party and celebrate that you've resisted temptation. Be ready. He'll be back tomorrow. He might be back this afternoon. Because he is always walking about. He's waiting to catch you in a weak moment. He's waiting to catch you when you're drunk on something. He's waiting to catch you when you're distracted. He is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Literally to tear you apart and to swallow you down. So how's this line going to work? My family, we love watching documentaries. You may think, well, that makes you a nerd. I guess I'm a nerd. It's okay. I'm, I'm embracing that now. Uh, We love watching history documentaries. We love watching animal documentaries. If you've ever watched a documentary on how a a lion hunts, it's amazing. I want to remind you this morning that literal lions are bigger than us, they're faster than us, and they're stronger than us. They said that Usain Bolt could run 28 miles an hour. You know how fast a lion can run? 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. They're, They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. We are no match for the lion. But how's that lion going to hunt? He's going to hunt stealth in, in a stealth way. He doesn't just walk across the prairie or savannah looking at the animals. They do that sometimes. But if he's really hunting, you know what he does? He crouches down and he gets down in the grass where you can't even hardly see him. And chances are that lion has seen you before you see it. You know why? Because that lion hunts in a stealth way. What we have to watch for is that we are looking for things that are good, that we are looking for things that are evil, but true discernment comes when we look at things that are good and things that are almost good. Because the devil comes in a sly way to deceive us and he seeks to draw us away and he is going to come in a stealth way. And I pray that we are vigilant, that we are giving earnest heed to watch the things that are going on around us in our community. That lion is going to hunt in a stealth way. Oftentimes it's going to come from behind. You know why it's important for us to stick together as believers? Because Satan's going to come and try to jump on our back. 
If you've ever watched how those animals hunt, that lion is not as big as an elephant. But you know what that lion's going to do? He's going to latch on and he's going to grab the back of that elephant. That, that lion is not as big as a giraffe, but that lion is going to come and he's going to jump on that giraffe and he's going to try to get on his back. You guys ever had that spiritually? The devil just comes and gets on your back. You know what he's seeking to do? He's seeking to knock you off balance. See, a lot of times that elephant, as long as he can stay on his feet, that lion's not going to win. But if that lion can knock that elephant over and get him on the ground, you know where he's going next? He's going for the throat so he can cut off the air supply. That lion is seeking to kill. He is seeking to devour. And he's going to try to knock you off balance. Now, I had a hard lesson of this when I was a teenager. My youth pastor took us on a missions trip to the Bahamas. And how he meshed missions work in Bahamas, I don't know how that worked out, but it was amazing. We had a wonderful time. And I can remember playing flag football on the beach as a young, scrawny teenager. Not much has changed. I'm just an older, scrawny person. Where Jeremy would agree with that. So I can remember catching the football on the beach. I can remember being a good ways away from the goal line. And I can remember taking off running. But my problem was is that I was not vigilant. Because my youth leader and my Sunday school teacher, Matthew Templeton, was waiting for me about halfway down the beach. And as I was in a full dead sprint trying to get to the goal line, carrying the football, he came across and just gave me one of these, bam, right in the shoulder. You know what happened? It didn't take much. Just knocked me off balance. You guys ever seen one of those pinwheels in the yards? That's what I look like down the beach, just end over end over end over end, right into the water. And as I, as I was trying to gather myself and figure out what in the world just happened, all I can remember is seeing Matthew Templeton on the beach, hands on his knees, just, I mean, belly laughing. It was terrible. He knocked me off balance. You know what happens to us is that we're running through life. We're trying to do our best for the Lord. We're trying to serve God. We're trying to read our Bible. We're trying to come to church. We'll be running along, and if we don't watch it, Satan himself is just going to—it's going to come over. That was a blessing. He's going to come over. He's going to knock us off balance. And he—you know what his goal is—is is to knock you off your feet. You know why? Because when he gets you off your feet, that's when the real work begins to happen. That's when those fangs are going to dig into your flesh. That's when he's going to try to go for your throat. And he's not—he's not coming for coffee. He's coming to kill you. I want to remind you this morning, as that lion hunts, he's going to come in a stealth way. He's probably going to jump on your back. And he's probably going to try to suffocate you and knock you off your feet. But the last way I want you to remember this morning that that lion hunts, and this may not sit well with you this morning, but it's true. That lion is seeking to separate its prey from the herd. You may think, well, Pastor Jason... You come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings, whatever's going on. You come here because they pay you to come here and that's your job. That's not it at all. Before I was a pastor at this church, I was at Trinity Baptist Church. And I can promise you, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I was in the left-hand side of the front of the auditorium and that was my place. I didn't go there because I was trying to get a job. I didn't go there because I wanted to be a preacher. I went there because that was my conviction in my heart that I wanted to put my family in a place where God could speak to them. And as I was reminded the other night as we went to the service at Trinity on Friday night and God began to move in there, I looked over at my daughter and my daughter is watching this power and the Spirit of God work through that congregation and I see tears running down her face and that's why I keep my kids in church because I want them to be in a place where they watch people worship, where they watch people praise the Lord, where prayer requests are given and burdens are shared, where encouragement's given and where the preach word of God will penetrate their hearts. I want to remind you this morning that we need each other today. We're part of the body of Christ. 
the body of Christ. You ever tried to take just your leg somewhere? You ever tried to take your arm somewhere? It don't work that way. Where the body goes, you go. If we're going to be a part of the body of Christ, then we have to be present and accounted for that God can use us when the time comes. And the the temptation is going to be for us to separate ourselves from the herd, and that is the most dangerous place that we can be, spiritually speaking. The temptation for us is that when we begin to struggle, that we drift away from the body of Christ, and Satan begins to work on us. You know why we preach, oh, stay in church, stay in church. It's not just so that we can say, hey, we had a full house today. We realize that there is safety in numbers. The best way that I have learned this week, the best way to survive a lion attack is to do this. Don't run. You know what everything inside of you is going to say? I I can promise you, we can all act big and tough this morning. If we had a 500-pound lion up here this morning and it charged at us, the the last thing that we're going to want to do is stand our ground, which we're coming to that here in just a moment. But we've got to stay together. They said if that lion sees two or three different people standing together, he doesn't see them as separate individuals. He sees them as one. You know why we need to have our place at Pleasant Hill? is so that we can stand together against the attacks of the devil because he is coming to devour us and he wants to make us drunk on the things that he has pushed across the table in front of us. And he wants to alter our mind and he wants to distract us so that he can devour us. But the better, the the more that we can stay in God's house and stay together, the better for each one of us. That I be a part of what's going on at God's house. That I can be encouraged that when the devil does try to knock on my back or jump on my back, that somebody else can help me and pray for me and encourage me. Don't let yourself be separated because that's what the the line is going to try to do against you. I pray that we'd remember the words out of Ephesians chapter 6. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Why is it so important that we stand so that the devil cannot work on us? He's coming. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. This is great news, Jason. This has been a really encouraging message. Satan's coming to kill me. Great. What am I going to do? Look at verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. You know what our problem is sometimes? The lion comes against us. Satan comes against us. We don't even put up a fight. He says that he will not tempt us above that we are able, but will that temptation also make a way of escape. You know why we don't find that way of escape? It's because we walk straight into temptation just like this. I don't want to see a way of escape. I just want to walk and do what I want to do. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. I'm going to chase after this pleasure in my life. The Bible says to be sober, don't allow your mind and your judgment to be clouded, be vigilant, be watchful of everything that's going on. And when Satan comes, firm in your faith, resist him. They said that the worst thing that you can do if a lion's trying to attack you is to run. You know how much chance you're going to stand? I I don't know how fast I can run. I've, I've tried to run like 10, 14, or 12, 14 miles an hour on a treadmill, and it's just a good way to die. Um, I don't know how fast y'all can run, um, but 50 to 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, uh, I'm just not going to stand a chance against that. He said the worst thing that you can do against the line is to run. You've got to stand your ground. It's not enough just to be sober. It's not enough just to be vigilant. When the line charges, when it attacks, resist steadfast in the faith. You know what we realize is that we are no match for our enemy. But Christ can give us the strength that we need to survive. 
Grayson, I, I forget the statistics that you gave as we started our recovery program, but those that are anchored in their faith stand a far better chance of survival in the recovery program because they are anchored in Christ and they receive their strength from Him. Why would He say to resist steadfast in the faith? Because we know that we receive our strength from God. When we band together, we can endure the attacks of the devil. Look at the last part of verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know what Satan's going to tell you? He's going to tell you that nobody else in the face of the planet has ever been tempted like you're tempted. He's going to make you feel like you're the only one that's ever walked through that temptation. You're the only one that's ever had that financial struggle. You're the only one that's ever had that marriage pressure that's gone on in your life. And he will make you feel like you're all alone. You know what the truth is? We're all just going through the same things. Whether or not we won't admit it. The same afflictions are accomplished. You know what that word accomplished means? It means brought to an end or completed. Not only are our other brothers and sisters in Christ going through the same afflictions, the same temptations, the same trials, the same problems, the same pressures of life, not only are they going through those, there are many sitting here this morning, you've already come to the other side of that and you've completed it. See, I don't know how your mind works, but if I get in a place where I feel like I can't do something, but then I watch somebody else do it, I don't know if it's just hard-headedness, I feel within myself, I can do it if they did it. You know what Christ is encouraging us to do is to realize that we are going to be tempted. It may happen before you leave this property today. It's not if, it's when. He's coming to devour you. You better be sober. You better not be taking the mixed drinks that Satan seeks to offer you. You better be vigilant of the things that are going on. When he charges, resist steadfast in the faith because there's others that have already resisted. They've already received the strength from the Lord. And I pray that we are examples to one another. But you know what? You can be tempted and you can survive. You can go through a trial and you can make it to the other side. I thought of Miss Teen and her going through cancer. I know that was a tough time. But for other people that are in this service today that have gone through cancer, they watched you, Miss Tina, walk through those doors of trial and, and all those sicknesses that you had. And you made it to the other side. You know what? The same afflictions are accomplished in others. And they're brought to an end and they're completed. I want to encourage you this morning. The devil's coming for you. The devil's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming for your husband. He's coming for your wife. He's coming for your kids. And he wants to destroy your family. But there is hope. You can resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that other families are going through the same thing that you're going through. And that you can receive your strength from the Lord today. So I just want to encourage you today. Be sober. Be honest with yourself this morning as you look in the mirror. You drunk on something today? Maybe it's success, maybe it's pleasure, maybe it's lust, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's desire, maybe it's leisure. There is something that he's pushing across the table that he wants to get inside of us that will alter our mind and the way that we look and think about things. Now, if he can't get you drunk, don't worry. He's going to try to distract you with it. And then ultimately, he wants to sneak up beside you and pounce on you and destroy you. So I pray this morning that we are being vigilant of the things that Satan is wanting to do in our lives. Miss Vicki, if you'd come and play for us this morning. Is there anybody here this morning that says, you know what, I need some help from the Lord. I need that strength from God Almighty that only He can give, knowing that the temptation that I'm facing is stronger than I can bear. 
I told our teenagers a while back, sometimes we think in our minds, I know what that temptation is and I think I'd be all right. You know what the problem is? Is that temptation is 10 times stronger than we think it is. And we overestimate our strength and we underestimate the power of sin. And we get ourselves in a mess. I pray that this morning that we'd be encouraged from the Word of God. Maybe you're going to face something or maybe you're in the middle of facing something right now. You know what you need to do? You need to dig in in your faith and resist steadfast in the Lord, knowing that these same temptations are accomplished in those around you.